The Fourth Discourse Against the Arians, Part One, by Athanasius of Alexandria, translated by John Henry Newman and Archibald Robertson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Paragraphs One through Seven. The Word is God from God, for the Word was God, and again, of whom are the fathers, and of whom Christ, who is God over all, blessed for ever. Amen. And since Christ is God from God, and God's Word, Wisdom, Son, and Power, therefore but one God is declared in the divine Scriptures. For the Word, being Son of the one God, is referred to Him of whom also He is, so that Father and Son are two, yet the monad of the Godhead is indivisible and inseparable. And thus, too, we preserve one beginning of Godhead, and not two beginnings, whence is strictly a monarchy. And of this very beginning, the Word is by nature's Son, not as if another beginning, subsisting by himself, nor having come into being externally to the beginning. And of this very beginning, the Word is by nature's Son, not as if another beginning, subsisting by himself, nor having come into being externally to that beginning, lest from that diversity a diarchy and polyarchy would ensue, but of the one beginning he is own son, own wisdom, own word, existing from it. For according to John, in that beginning was the word, and the word was with God, for the beginning was God, and since he is from it, therefore also the word was God. And as there is one beginning, and therefore one God, so one is that essence and subsistence, which indeed and truly and really is, and which said, I am that I am, and not two, that there be not two beginnings. And from the one, a son in nature and truth is its own word, its wisdom, its power, and inseparable from it. And as there is not another essence, lest there be two beginnings, so the word which is from that one essence has no division, nor is a sound significative, but is an essential word and essential wisdom, which is the true Son. For were he not essential, God will be speaking into the air, and having a body in nothing different from men. But since he is not man, neither is his word according to the infirmity of man. For as the beginning is one essence, so its word is one, essential and subsisting, and its wisdom. For as he is God from God, and wisdom from the wise, and word from the rational, and Son from the Father, so is he from subsistence subsistent, and from essence essential and substantive, and being from being. Since were he not essential wisdom and substantive word, and Son existing, but simply wisdom and word and Son in the Father, then the Father himself would have a nature compounded of wisdom and word. But if so, the forementioned absurdities would follow, and he will be his own Father, and the Son begetting and begotten by himself, or word, wisdom, Son, in name only. And he does not subsist who owns, or rather is, these titles. If then he does not subsist, the names are idle and empty, unless we say that God is very wisdom and very word. But if so, he is his own father and son, father when wise, son when wisdom. But these things are not in God as a certain quality. Away with the dishonorable thought. 
for it will issue in this that god is compounded of essence and quality for whereas all quality is in essence it will clearly follow that the divine monad indivisible as it is must be compound being severed into essence and accident we must ask then these headstrong men the son was proclaimed as god's wisdom and word how then is he such if as a quality the absurdity has been shown but if god is that very wisdom then it is the absurdity of sibelius therefore he is so as an offspring in the proper sense from the father himself according to the illustration of light for as there is light from fire so from god there is a word and wisdom from the wise and from the father a son for in this way the monad remains undivided and entire and its son word not unessential nor not subsisting but essential truly for word not so all that is said would be notionally and verbally but if we must avoid that absurdity then is a true word essential for as there is a father truly so wisdom truly in this respect then they are two not because as sibelius said father and son are the same but because the father is father and the son son and they are one because he is son of the essence of the father by nature existing as his own word this the lord said namely i and the father are one for neither is the word separated from the father nor was or is the father ever wordless on this account he says i in the father and the father in me and again christ is the word of god did he then subsist by himself and subsisting has he become joined to the father or did god make him or call him his word if the former i mean if he subsisted by himself and is god then there are two beginnings and moreover as is plain he is not the father's own as being not of the father but of himself but if on the contrary he be made externally then he is a creature it remains then to say that he is from god himself but if so that which is from another is one thing and that which it is is a second according to this then there are two but if they be not two but the names belong to the same cause and effect will be the same and begotten and begetting which has been shown absurd in the instance of sibelius but if he be from him yet not another he will be both begetting and not begetting begetting because he produces from himself and not begetting because it is nothing other than himself but if so the same is called father and son notionally but if it be unseemly so to say father and son must be two and they are one because the son is not from without but begotten of god but if any one shrinks from saying offspring and only says that the word exists with god let such a one fear lest shrinking from what is said in scripture he fall into absurdity making god a being of double nature for not granting that the word is from the monad but simply as if he were joined to the father he introduces a twofold essence and neither of them father of the other and the same of power and we may see this more clearly if we consider it with reference to the father for there is one father and not two but from that one the son 
As then there are not two fathers, but one, so not two beginnings, but one, and from that one the Son essential. But the Arians we must ask contrarywise, for the Sabellianizers must be confronted from the notion of a son, and the Arians from that of a father. Let us say then, is God wise and not wordless? Or, on the contrary, is he wisdomless and wordless? If the latter, there is an absurdity at once. If the former, we must ask, how is he wise and not wordless? Does he possess the word and the wisdom from without or from himself? If from without, there must be one who first gave to him, and before he received he was wisdomless and wordless. But if from himself, it is plain that the word is not from nothing, nor once was not, for he was ever, since he of whom he is the image exists ever. But if they say that he is indeed wise and not wordless, but that he has in himself his own wisdom and own word, and that not Christ, but that by which he made Christ, we must answer, if Christ in that word was brought to be, plainly so were all things, and it must be he of whom John says, all things were made by him, and the psalmist, in wisdom thou hast made them all. And Christ will be found to speak untruly, I in the Father, there being another in the Father. And the word became flesh is not true according to them, for if he in whom all things came to be himself became flesh, but Christ is not in the Father as word by whom all things came to be, then Christ has not become flesh. But perhaps Christ was named Word. But if so, first, there will be another besides the name. Next, all things were not by him brought to be, but in that other in whom Christ also was made. But if they say that wisdom is in the Father as a quality, or that he is very wisdom, the absurdities will follow already mentioned. For he will be compound, and will prove his own son and father. Moreover, we must confute and silence them on the ground that the word which is in God cannot be a creature, nor out of nothing. But if once a word be in God, then he must be Christ who says, I am in the Father and the Father in me, who also is therefore the only begotten, since no other was begotten from him. This is one Son who is word, wisdom, power. For God is not compounded of these, but is generative of them. For as he frames the creatures by the word, so also to the nature of his own essence has he the word as an offspring, through whom he frames and creates and dispenses all things. For by the word and the wisdom all things have come to be, and all things together remain according to his ordinance. And the same concerning the word Son, if God be without Son, then is He without work. For the Son is His offspring through whom He works. But if not, the same questions and the same absurdities will follow their audacity. From Deuteronomy But ye that did attach yourselves unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. From this we may see the difference, and know that the Son of God is not a creature. For the Son says, I and the Father are one, and I in the Father and the Father in me. But things originate, when they make advance, are attached unto the Lord. 
The Word, then, is in the Father as being His own, but things originate, being external, are attached, as being by nature foreign, and attached by free choice. For a son which is by nature is one with him who begat him, but he who is from without, and is made a son, will be attached to the family. Therefore he immediately adds, What nation is there so great, who hath God drawing nigh unto them? And elsewhere, I, a God drawing nigh. For two things originate he draws nigh, as being strange to him, but to the Son, as being his own, he does not draw nigh, but he is in him. And the Son is not attached to the Father, but coexists with him. Whence also Moses says again in the same Deuteronomy, Ye shall obey his voice, and apply yourselves unto him. But what is applied, is applied from without. But in answer to the weak and human notion of the Arians, they are supposing that the Lord is in want when he says, is given unto me, and I received, and, if Paul says, wherefore he highly exalted him, and he set him at the right hand, and the like, we must say that our Lord, being Word and Son of God, bore a body, and became Son of Man, that, having become mediator between God and men, he might minister the things of God to us, and ours to God. When, then, he is said to hunger, and weep, and weary, and to cry, Eloi, Eloi, which are our human affections, he receives them from us, and offers to the Father, interceding for us, that in him they may be annulled. And when it is said, All power is given unto me, and I received, and wherefore God highly exalted him, these are gifts given from God to us through him. For the word was never in want, nor has come into being, nor again were men sufficient to minister these things for themselves, but through the word they are given to us. Therefore, as if given to him, they are imparted to us. For this was the reason of his becoming man, that, as being given to him, they might pass on to us. For of such gifts mere man had not become worthy. And again, the mere word had not needed them. The word, then, was united to us, and then imparted to us power, and highly exalted us, for the word being in man, highly exalted man in himself. And when the word was in man, man himself received. Since then, the word being in flesh, man himself was exalted and received power. Therefore these things are referred to the word, since they were given on his account. For on account of the word in man were these gifts given. And as the word became flesh, so also man himself received the gifts which came through the word. For all that man himself has received, the word is said to have received. That it might be shown that man himself, being unworthy to receive, as far as his own nature is concerned, yet has received, because of the word become flesh. Wherefore, if anything be said to be given to the Lord, or the like, we must consider that it is given not to him as needing it, but to man himself through the word. For every one interceding for another receives the gift in his own person, not as needing, but on his account for whom he intercedes. For as he takes our infirmities, not being infirm, and hungers, not hungering, 
but sends up what is ours, that it may be abolished. So the gifts which come from God instead of our infirmities, doth he too himself receive, that man being united to him may be able to partake them. Hence it is that the Lord says, All things whatsoever thou hast given me, I have given them. And again, I pray for them. For he prayed for us, taking on him what is ours, and he was giving what he received. Since then, the word being united to man himself, the Father, regarding him, vouchsafed to man to be exalted, to have all power and the like. Therefore are referred to the word himself, and are as if given to him all things, which through him we receive. For as he for our sake became man, so we for his sake are exalted. It is no absurdity, then, if, as for our sake he humbled himself, so also for our sake he is said to be highly exalted. So he gave to him, that is, to us for his sake, and he highly exalted him, that is, us in him. And the word himself, when we are exalted and receive and are succored, as if he himself were exalted and received and were succored, gives thanks to the Father, referring what is ours to himself, and saying, All things whatsoever thou hast given me, I have given unto them. End of part one.